I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up, she says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up. She says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. Hello and welcome to the Womb-Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar, and as you may be aware, I really love to collaborate. Many of my podcast episodes are interviews with womb-centered healing practitioners from around the world. The Womb-Centered Healing Temple is an online space where other womb-centered healing practitioners can come and collaborate with me and be a co-creator in the space. And I've recently begun inviting uh, other collaborators, womb-centered healing practitioners, to submit blogs and podcasts uh, for for the space. And so we have our first collaborative uh, project here on this podcast with Claire Galloway, offering a podcast exclusive just for us in the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. So I hope you enjoy, and I look forward to hearing how you feel about her, what her message is all about returning to a sense of wellness and goodness in how we're approaching the whole situation with the coronavirus around the world and taking this time of slowing down and even quarantine. Uh, Claire lives in Italy, and which was one of the first places to experience widespread quarantine as a time of rest and renewal and reconnection with the rhythms of life. And that if we look at it that way and approach it that way, it can be it can be a real renewal of our health and well-being. So um, I really enjoy offering this collaborative message to you. And if you want to learn more about the Womb Centered Healing Temple and other collaborations that will be available, you can visit us at wombcenteredhealing.com. All right. Enjoy Claire's podcast. Hi there, this is Claire Galloway and I was invited by Sama to contribute to the beautiful Womb Centred Healing Temple podcast and blog. 
and there's there's so much to talk about just now but also uh, there's so much that that maybe is better to go unsaid and I'm sitting down here in, in nature down below my beautiful medieval quarter house in these gardens that I don't I don't come down into every day because they kind of don't belong to me but one of the beautiful gifts that the, the quarantine and the lockdown is, is giving me and some other people is that um, I feel like I have this freedom in being able to come down and be at one with the nature here um, in a way that I wouldn't usually be. I kind of wanted to talk to that. Um, it's not just a, a personal selfish thing uh, that I'm I'm down here uh, working someone else's vegetable garden because they're away in the city and they're not able to come here and tend to their vegetable garden. <clears throat> um, just so that I get to take the vegetables, you know, it's not it's not quite that selfish. Um, there's something very profound happening in the world that that there's this um, realignment going on that comes through us removing ourselves from the world and I, I wanted to speak to that a little and to the gift of that obviously it's a gift to the planet <laughs> that's that's like the first thing that that really needs to be said that the planet is I'm sure in many ways breathing a, an enormous sigh of relief and maybe taking a really deep breath in too in a way that she hasn't done for some time um, you know, big cities in the, the northern part of Italy are, are completely silent and closed down and the smog has, has disappeared um, from the whole region and, you know, imagine the profundity of what that means for nature, imagine the profundity of what that means for us as well, that, you know, as we're looking at percentages and statistics of, of people dying from this flu, how many people's lives and health are being positively impacted by the removal of the stress of having to go to the work, the removal of the busyness and the removal of the fumes and the effluent and whatever the outpourings of, of our industry are. That's really profound. I was... Um, reading a, a wonderful account of somebody in Wuhan who'd been locked in their house for several weeks and the unfolding of their awareness around um, they were using quite a religious language um, God's bounty essentially and his this and his that but the divinity of what was going on around them that they would usually never see and <clears throat> she or he was talking about how in their family usually by the end of the weekend two days um, they're ready for the kids to go back to school and they're all just about punching each other or whatever the words were, were that she was using or he was using and then but then after this like long periods uh, locked together in the house they were finding that their their relationships were improving hugely because they were learning to state boundaries. They were all slowing down and calm. They had time to resolve things. They were they were taking the space they needed. 
and because they had so little space to share, they were they were so much more able to define it. Um, and she she was saying that looking out of the window, you know, usually they would be, you wouldn't be able to hear the birds. Um, and she thought that there no, were no birds in Wuhan, but actually they were. Um, they're all over the place and they're chattering away and maybe they were hidden by the noise maybe she just wasn't listening for them but yeah there, there's nature was um enjoying the space that was being given back <clears throat> and um yeah i wanted to kind of speak to that not kind of i'm going to speak to, to about the more subtle aspects that um there's a lot of subtle shit going on in the world right now and there's a lot of um, space for it which um, I don't know if you'll know the theory of um, not the theory, the fact of um, the the cynic in the room um, that when, when um, I think it might have been Rupert Sheldrake's experiments with um, the psychic abilities of animals, the psychic connection they have with their masters and the psychic abilities of people and um, whether or not they're able to guess or intuit or psychically interpret what the answer is or what the other person has chosen or whatever, or the the animal knowing when it's um, human is coming home. But when there's like a, a cynic in the room, um, the the experiment results go back to like chance statistics as if it was just like the the ability to just guess like 50 50 chance of guessing something right whereas when the people in the room are on board with the experiment and that are are supporting the person who's contributing then there's this open field and the person's much more able to you know very much more higher higher percentages of guessing the right answer essentially and that's that's a really powerful um, metaphor and fact for for what's happening right now. That I have this sense that instead of being out in the world with all of our neuroses crisscrossing and, and creating a, a whole grid across everything, and projecting into and interfering like all this interference. Um, a really large part of it has just been put to the side. I remember when when I had something of a spiritual awakening and, and unnumbing when I was living up near a big spiritual community in the northeast of Scotland. At the time I was really overwhelmed and uh, like couldn't really deal with the fact that I was channeling all this stuff coming through me and I could hear people's thoughts and I was just getting streams and streams of stuff coming through, coming through and I didn't know what to do with it. And um, one of the moments that I found was so powerful was walking around dawn in the summer in Scotland, which is very, very early dawn. Um, we don't really get nighttime much there up at that part of the world. Um, and walking around when everybody's asleep, not just any time of the night when people are asleep, but particularly the very early morning, like when the energy of the world's waking up, but the energy of people hasn't woken up. There's like this window of opportunity where like there's a profound silence where maybe people are in their a deeper part of their sleep or um, they're more deeply rested and aligned and I would really 
um, I felt that this was almost like a if I'd if I'd been a religious person, this might have been like a church for me. This space of being able to walk down the streets um, and not have all this interference meet me, and not, not have all this um, additional gunk to walk through to get down the road every day. <laughs> and I feel that that's one of the blessings that we have now. Like in the same way that nature has this. Um, space to breathe and this clean air and the the freshness of the space to reoccupy even if it is temporarily our human consciousness also has this and our wombs have this this lack of interference the lack of intervention the the lack of extra gunk and muddiness that we have to wade through i think it's transferred itself into social media and <laughs> If we want to go and, you know, if we're, if we're missing that gunk and that busyness and that um, interference, then we can go and just go and log into the matrix there and, and get get a good little dose of it. But I think a lot of us are recognising too that the, the mainstream that we might have anchored ourselves with before or checked in with occasionally or spent time in because we just want to be connected with people, that even the mainstream is is like ha there's some sort of homeopathic process going on where stuff is coming to the surface and the depth of our depths of our neuroses uh, certainly in in certain groups of people are very openly being expressed and um the the fear pain fear tension pain cycle is being very very um almost caricatured um, and, and laid out before us like very visibly very visibly made manifest in a way that like it's not that different to usual like those are the, the kinds of languages we're usually using it's just that it's more concentrated and it's actually focused on something just now um, usually our energy um, our fearful energy and tension and stress is dissipated through our our work or through conventions and through um, the things that we we perceive that we have to do in the world. But we're um, in this moment where we we've like lifted our feet out of the out of the um, out of the collective out of the mainstream. Like like just removed our feet from it, and we're just sitting back and like getting a bit of distance. And ultimately, like this is this is what humans need. You know, we're not we're not going to change our direction unless we get perspective, and we can't get perspective unless we get some distance between us and what's going on around us. And we can't do that unless we really stop, like really stop, like just don't do anything for a while. And we can't do that unless there's like something like this happens. And there's a, a big lockdown and a, a collective agreement that the best thing for us to do is to stay isolated and in quarantine from each other. So, so the riches in this, of this contemplative space of being able to stop and think even, it really, really can't be underestimated. 
excuse the wind in the background, that's just the beautiful wind. It's probably flapping around the microphone though. Hang on. The windy gusts just passed there. What a beautiful thing to sit and watch the wind and and to not have a busy mind or a, a mind pulled into the collective busyness that I can actually look at the wind and see it in a, a really different way, in a magical way that it's speaking to me and it's telling me something, it's communicating something. So, yeah, there's the gift of this space that we all have and that nature's getting and there's the, the space of, of alignment, of being able to actually have that space inside of us so we can stop and hear what we need and want and, and also make decisions even about whether or not to be afraid, like educate ourselves, um, look beyond the mainstream freaking out and and see what you know what the reality is get the perspective um, it's it's also a gift people's fear and collective fear and mainstream rolling out of like wall to wall dawn till dusk dusk till dawn um discussion of the thing without actually either a getting in perspective or b giving real facts or, or useful advice. Um, I was mentioning in a recent video blog I did around uh, what we can do about our immune system. And the more I've been thinking about it, the more I've been thinking, well, it's not just the fact that nobody's talking about supporting our immune systems and what can we do about our, our to uh, strengthen and improve our immune systems but you know in the mainstream I mean but the fact that everybody's contributing in the mainstream to to pulling us down uh, into a fearful non-functioning immune system and that that's really significant you know there's a whole um, energy around that of you know what what are we missing or what are we doing to create this reality what are we doing to weaken ourselves and to sabotage ourselves um you know what would happen if we actually talked the fear out uh, rather than oh, excuse me. what would happen if we actually talked the fear out and 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 spoke to the end of it you know like went into the inquiry of it and spoke to what it felt like and why we feel so afraid and what's underneath that um, and ultimately we have the space to do that in just now this is the perfect space to do it and um, why not talk it out rather than trying to pull everybody into our fear with us and get other people to agree with us that this is terrible and it's like a war and and it's the end of the world like rather than than doing that what if we if we breathed down, down into our fear what if we breathed into our wombs and listen to what's underneath that, you know, what's making our pelvis cramp, what's making our chest tighten, what's closing us down, what what is the pain that comes from the fear and the tension, what what is the pain that comes from preempting terrible things happening. 
and what's the alternative? What what could and should we be doing instead? What can we be doing in terms of accepting our own mortality and being blessed in it? And perhaps even as my, my beautiful Italian friend was writing to me this morning, you know, if we went out laughing and smiling, you know, who wants to die disease-ridden in a, in a little cubicle uh, filled with medicine and wailing and crying? You know, I, I don't want to die like that. I want to die on a mountaintop with my arms raised up to the skies and yelling happily <laughs> that I'm going now. <laughs> um, so there might be something in all of this that is leading us into a, a state of expansion, even though it seems like the tension is really overwhelming. It seems like the fear might overwhelm us. But at the same time, I have, I have this like really deeply intuitive sense of a like a, an embodied sense of like something like the tension is well maybe in the same way that we would train our vagina with a jade egg like the tension is the the exercising of something that needs to be exercised that needs to be solid in order to contain the power and maybe just you know throwing the fear around is Oh, this is so funny. My cat has been, he's got really furry, furry fur. And he's got a bit of the fur is kind of stuck in his mouth and it's hanging out of his mouth like a big white beard. And he looks like a little like sage, sage wise guru guy. <laughs> Benjamin, you do look funny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have this sense of something really beautiful in this tension that maybe the tension is necessary for, like, I have a, a, a visual metaphor that I can feel that feels like a taproot going down, like there's something to do with the taproot that, like the pulling down of things down, like I even have a sense of people who've been acting fearfully, for example, to posts about homeopathic treatment of um, homeoprophylaxis and um, nosodes and um, treating... Um, pandemic deadly diseases through homeopathy it's a really well documented field um, there's a lot going on with it right now and there's amazing success going on with people moving through the symptoms of the virus the current um, viral virus and having amazing results and, and moving through it very efficiently and simply and but at the same time there's like like really strong anger against people suggesting that homeopathy might be a efficacious and be um allowed in the world um times like this when people get into sort of mob mentality there can be some really strange use of like old-fashioned use of language and kind of getting the pitchforks out and telling people that they can't be you know, that it's dangerous for the world to be talking about cures um, but that tension, um, for example, I might be just loosely interested in homeopathy and maybe even believing it in a, in a, a relatively airy-fairy way. 
you know, in a superficial way, like, oh, it's just a lovely, fluffy thing and I just really like it and I'm a real hippie and I just want everyone to take it because it's much better than uh, a vaccine. But in being challenged in the way I was being challenged, you know, I really started to think, you know, my, my cousin was arguing with me about homeopathy and saying, it's a load of bunkum basically you know using some really old-fashioned language and I was like well okay it's like there is no evidence and like well of course there's evidence you know I've just was just now listening to a webinar about all the evidence about um historic <clears throat> use of homeopathy and really large-scale pandemics like it particularly um pneumonia related pandemics and the very high success rates that they had compared to allopathic medicine, which is um, notoriously inefficient at dealing with really large-scale pandemics. And homeopathy has always been highly, highly more successful in treating people, as in people have survived, um, as opposed to allopathic, allopathic medicine, like the toxicity of aspirin in regards to fevers is a really good example. Um, so, but the point being, um, that in being challenged in that way by this rigidity, that rigidity is drawing my energy down into, wait a minute, what am I defending? You know, like go and educate myself so that I can better argue about this or better state that, you know, you can say there's no evidence, of course there's evidence. But also, not just that, um, not just the, the facts, the scientific facts, which many people refute because they're not looking at it from a homeopathic perspective, um, but also the fact that the homeopathic perspective is completely different. Like it's not something that you can experiment in a, sci a conventional scientific way. You have to step into the paradigm of homeopathy and, for example, treating the individual as a whole. And you're not treating a virus, you're treating the, the symptoms as they're expressed in the individual. And that's something that doesn't, you know, people want a remedy. Like what is the remedy that you fix this virus with? And of course, it's different for everybody. <clears throat> so um, my being able to express that eloquently and immediately in response to my cousin's very aggressive dismissal of homeopathy was it might not necessarily, it might have planted a seed for years later, decades later in him to be interested in, or more open-minded at least, to the idea that that there are alternatives that actually work that are not vaccines or not <coughs> excuse me aggressive medicine um, but in me it's like bringing my energy down into my taproot into my into the taproot that I share with the world that that keeps me that stabilizes me in the world and that allows my <coughs> both myself to receive nourishment from the world and for the world to receive my vitality and my fruits, as it were. And I feel that for many of us in the alternative world, in the world of the deep feminine, this might be a really per pertinent and powerful time instead of being something that's restricting and um, limiting. It might, in fact, be the necessary... Um, smallness, like the bringing in of ourselves, the bringing <clears throat> inside of our energy that allows us to get this taproot down through our wombs and this root going down into the earth that that is um, like this two-way 
communicator. That's that's my sense of it. There's two way communicating. You know, I'm taking up nourishment from the earth, and I'm also communicating things down into the earth, like the symbiosis, the deepening of our symbiosis. <clears throat> so the 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 next weeks unfolding are going to be very interesting. <clears throat> like we can only <clears throat> excuse me. We can only um, slow the world down for to this extreme for a certain amount of time. Obviously, at some point, people will have to start walking about again and start going to their work again and start moving economies again and start shopping and buying food. Um, and it's very likely, like so very, very likely, that no matter how well contained, you know, even if we shut the whole world down right now, lock every single person, like board the doors up of their houses, make them survive on beans and whatever that they've got left in their fridge. It's very likely that um, the virus will continue to circulate. It's it's just a natural thing. It's just what happens. Um, flu viruses circulate. Uh, they very often circulate the same communities and come back three or four times to the same person if they've got a low immune system. Um, in one in one season, in one winter, um, my family living in a very damp village in a damp island in a damp country damp damp side of the Scottish country um, absolutely um, suffer terribly in the winter from long long term um, nose to tail flu like coughs colds infections chest infections and such like and it's partly the climate but it's partly their immune systems as well and the interference that our immune system has um, there's so much that we can do in the physical around our immune system and uh, there's lots of stuff like good stuff that we can put inside of ourselves but ultimately our, our immune system is our relationship with the world it's not it's not anything less than that it's not um it's not like we're this one-way thing and like this unfortunate thing happens that we're just this empty vessel and this like a virus gets into the into the vessel and then it's really bad luck and then you know, we're, we have a propensity to cook this virus and, and allow it to take its course through us in all these different levels of, of severity. And the lower our immune system, the more severe the symptoms and, and possible death. But the, the vitality of our immune system is very much based on our vitality. It's not, it's not solely on, you know, how much echinacea we're, we're eating or it's about the vitality and the ability of the, the whole system to work as a, a whole, like to function as a whole. And so it's more about our connection with our core power than anything else. And it's more about how much we're able to bring that energy up through our microcosmic orbit. And it's more about how we're able to not just move around physically comfortably in our bodies, but how we're able to interact with all things how um, healthily we're interacting with our environment and how he healthily our environment is interacting with us. You know, what are the to toxicities and interferences that surround us, um, including our state of mind and um, the state of mind of people around us. Um, so these are all really, really pertinent aspects of, you know, I've had a, a lot of people approach me recently 
in private and by messages and online and comments saying oh so what do I do about my immune system and like oh listen you seem like you know about these things like can I ask you about my chronic illness that I'm dealing with and um it's really beautiful to see people who've maybe been taking pills and going through conventional treatments and having no success with it, obviously, um, that, that people are starting to look at themselves as a whole and, and how are they doing that? They're, they're doing that because they're seeing me talking about myself as a whole and seeing us doing our work talking about the whole and they're inspired by that and they see our vitality and our peace and our calm and they they want that and they they ask for it and they move towards it because we guide them um, just to do simple things um, holistic simple things small incremental actions and movements towards our our health and as each of us does that, then collectively we start to move. Um, it feels a bit like we've been in this really fast ship, crashing through the ocean, bashing through coral reefs and crashing into fish, fish and whales. And we've just suddenly put anchor down. Like we've just put a massive big anchor, like bigger than the ship even. This massive anchor has just gone down and clunk. And we are like, we are still, like we're not going anywhere. And it's in this moment, like we decide, you know, do we pull, the, when we pull the anchor up or when we toss the anchor away, do we carry on in that, you know, just crashing along and bumping into things and breaking up import, the important biodiverse things like coral reefs and mature natural systems? Or do we um, change our tack? Do we slow down and put up a sail instead and stop, you know, churning, put, throwing petrol into the sea and churning fumes out into the air? You know, how do we change tack? Where do we, where do we decide that we're going together now? Because I think for a long time we've been mostly um, just crashing along, not really thinking about, collectively we haven't really been looking at a long-term objective at all. Politics hasn't been looking at a long-term objective even. In our work, we're not really looking at a long-term objective. So maybe it's time, you know, if we've got this space and this lack of interference, um, it feels like it might be the, the most potent medicine for the world, for the whole world, not just for nature, not just nature there, you know, this planet that we're in, but for us too, because we are that nature and we are an intimate part of this planet, you know, maybe this experience will help us understand better how we can't isolate ourselves, we can't be immune from something that's going around because we're all touched by it. And the way in, in which we're touched by it is the one thing that we control, we can control because we get to decide how, how vibrant we are, how, vi how much vitality we have. And there are myriad, myriad ways in which we can do that, like infinite ways in which we can do that. But each little moment has a choice and it either has that spaciousness in it or it has that muddy, muddy, murky, um, clogged up feet stuck in the mud 
mud up to your thighs, mud up to your waist kind of energy and we're trying to wade through that and it's not possible, it's not even possible anymore. I think it's very possible that we're at a time where on some level we understand that. We understand that we've just got to the point of saturation, the point of uber interference and we just want to feel clear again. And for a lot of the people who've been in quarantine for a while, I think that's the most profound thing that they're that they're feeling is just this alignment, um, this awareness of, of their place in nature, of nature being all around, and the awareness of their own mortality, of our mortality, and the beautiful preciousness of that. The preciousness of knowing that we, we have this window and what are we doing in this window? We have this space, what are we doing in this space? We're, we're on this journey together in this boat and like, where are we going? Are we just crashing through the ocean with it or are we actually heading somewhere? And are we actually enjoying the journey? So just that. Um, if you'd like to read more about my art uh, or see more my art and read about the work that I do, um, please join me via the links that will be below this podcast. And I wish you so much love and so much growth and inquiry and useful constructive inquiry in this whole adventure that we're having together. And I wish you nourishment and strength, vitality and strong immunity to things that are are toxic. And I wish you absolute ability to pass whatever illnesses come to you, to let them pass through you peacefully and to um, leave you a stronger person afterwards. So much love. Ciao.